0: suffering brings us to God or has the potential to more than anything else. And and there's something almost um, where life comes into sharper focus yes. in His heart. And so I've been living sort of in this thin place of monotony and where are you in this God? And so just trying to find Him as I do the dishes, as I drive my kids to school, as I look in the mirror and not always delighting in what I see in the reflection, just inviting him, God, what do you think of me now? What's available to me in this place? Welcome to
1: the Ransom Heart Podcast. You've been listening to my friend, Julie, and this is Stacey Eldridge. Joining you today, I'm in the Ransom Heart studio, and I am so happy to have with us today a guest who is a woman I have had the privilege of knowing for more than 20 years. I met when you were a teenager, this is Julie Golter, And let me tell you a little bit about her. She is um, a cherished friend and daughter of my heart. She is a faithful friend. She's a lover of God. She's a devoted mother of four children, two boys and two girls. And she is the wife of the love of her life. So when I describe you like that, Julie, basically you're living the dream. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. So actually, what I want to do is ask, you made a long drive to come join us this morning. How, how do you come to us this morning?
0: Well, the long drive allowed me to worship, so that really centered my heart. So I feel I feel good. I feel happy. I feel so honored to be here with you today, and I'm excited to see what we what we talk about. That's good. I gave the briefest of outlines
1: about you, you know, just bullet points, is there anything else that you'd like the people listening to know
0: about you? I guess all you said was true. And in so many ways, I am living the dream. And it's glorious. And it's hard. It is challenging. And so I don't want to give any false pretense that I have it all together or I have anything figured out. I'm grateful that I have a heart that is fully His, and that has allowed me to navigate life's challenges in this season of fulfilled dreams. It's, it's both. And so, yeah, I just want to let everyone know I don't have it together. <laughs> Thanks for that, because
1: that's really what I want. I want to talk about honestly about our lives, because the truth is, is that we are the beloved of God. We are held in His gaze, and that is the cause for us to have defiant joy. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is Defiant Joy. That's the book that I wrote. And it's marvelous. Julie got an advanced (laughs) copy. So thank you. I want to read you something from chapter one. Wonderful. I write, Ignoring reality does not breed joy. Pretending that what is true does not exist is not holy defiance. The seeds of joy are firmly planted in the pungent soil of the here and now while at the same time being tethered to eternity. Joy is fully rooted in the truth. Joy embraces all the senses and is fully awake to the sorrow, the angst, the fear, as well as the laughter, the wonder and the beauty that is most presenting itself in the moment and says, I have a reason to celebrate. What, Julie, does the phrase defiant joy mean to you?
0: such a good question. I think as I have read the book and been moved by it, I feel like it's come to me as an invitation. Mm. And the defiant part is really there is a call to arms. And I think what it's required of me is presence. You can't have joy and be checked out. And you can't have joy and just be going through the paces. And so for me, the invitation of defiant joy has been an invitation to be fully present and awake to my life. Yes. And that has actually been the greatest challenge, but the greatest reward has come through rising up to claim my birthright Mm. in defiant joy. Oh, that's so good.
1: What's been challenging? (sighs)
0: Oh, well, I think... Thankfully, we've kind of found our way back to fall. But I I think I got really thrown. I was so looking forward to summer and just kind of a break from pick up, drop off. And then I realized, oh, all the togetherness and all that that right? <laughs> and I just found myself in a hard place this summer, kind of floundering without a lot of structure with my kids. And I just— wasn't full of joy. And and truthfully, Stacy, when you um invited me to this, the email came at such a time where I felt so disqualified. Mm-hmm. I was like, how could I possibly have anything to contribute on a podcast about Defiant Joy when I am like in the thick of it? And it wasn't so much the circumstances of my life, because I feel so blessed. Like you said, it was more with this internal reality and this eternal battle going on inside of me that I just felt like I'm not enough to meet my life. And it was robbing me of so much joy. And it was making it hard to get out of bed in the morning. And just so that it's more that kind of hard that yes. I was facing, particularly yes. of my life is beautiful. Why do I feel so wrong in it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, the disqualification came and then God came to with an invitation of like, this is possible. You can live more, and it required me separating what's true from what's most true. And really, Defiant Joy is an invitation to live out of what's most true. Mm.
1: You just related to every single person that's listening right now. So for clarification, how old are your
0: children? <laughs> I have my Gracelyn Rose, named after our Stacey Rose, um, is seven and a half. Hartley Faye is five and a half. My Wilder will be four tomorrow and my gunner is 17 months.
1: Okay, okay, okay big sigh right now. <laughs> like that helps paint the picture. I um I remember those years and I would love to say vividly, <laughs> but you know you're sleep deprived, and yeah. you're you're being pulled on every moment. What is required of you is is intense. I remember the quote that says, "It's one thing to be one thing to many people; it's a whole other deal to be everything to one person." And there you are, being everything to four people. So, I for me, it took me to the mat. Yes, and those places of coming to the end of myself, mm-hmm. and it seemed to me that when I was at my weakest, my children needed me more. Indeed. Like they <laughs> sense something. Blood in the water. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. So your one sentence that you go back to, I know you well, and I know your walk with God, and you're a deep lover of Jesus, and you have fought through much in order to be able to stand in the truth. But, like all of us, like me, there are still times when the tidal wave comes of um, something happening in our life or or nothing happening in our life <laughs> but but the wave of it can be self-contempt mm-hmm. it can be a historic vulnerability where the enemy comes in and goes, "You're never going to have it and and that's rough that's where the invitation comes, like you described to say uh, When you said what's true and what's most true, what did
0: you mean by what's true? I think there's just circumstantially things that can be going on in your life. And it's true. Like Mm -hmm. things are required of me. I must do laundry again. I must feed my family again. You know, the, the monotony and those things are true. But if you focus on that, the lie comes that that's what's most true. And it's not at all. There's a deeper reality, a deeper grace to life that joy is available, not just when circumstances allow, like a a birth of a beloved baby or a birthday celebration, but like as you're folding the laundry, there's a grace and God's presence is available to you. And I guess He's just been inviting me to have eyes to see Him and invite Him into my ache. To invite him into my desperation, to my longing, to meet me there and to know, like, who he is in those moments and who I am as his. Yes. It's where life is lived. He wants to meet us. And how is he finding you, Julie? Oh, he is so good at finding me. I'm so thankful. I had the um, just fun opportunity to take my two girls to Seattle with my sister-in-law right before school start. It was just like a city I love, and we've never done a girl's trip. And so it was so fun. And we got to stay with some friends who live on Mercer Island. It's just beautiful, this verdant landscape. And I was sitting out on their porch looking at the water. And all of a sudden I'm noticing like this hydrangea bush that is gigantic and rose bushes that are profuse and I'm like, huh, I have those hydrangeas at home. They're scrawny and just dying. Anyway, what he was doing for me in that moment was showing me environment matters, mm-hmm. that climate matters. And I felt like for him to speak to me, Julie, what can you do to create an environment and a climate for your heart to thrive like these hydrangeas are in Seattle and they don't in Colorado or mine don't? Um, and I realized right then so much of what he was inviting me to was to create a atmosphere and cultivate an atmosphere of joy in my home. And the irony of that is I love silence. I love order, <laughs> cleanliness, and I don't have any of those things. And so for me, so much of my turning my gaze towards cultivating an environment of joy has required so much surrender of just letting go Mm -hmm. of my preferences Mm -hmm. and a lot of the striving that I create on my own to have a home that's clean. (laughs) They undo it faster than I can do it. So it's just been, um, yeah, an invitation to create an atmosphere of joy, which has required releasing so much on that is so basis, good. Yeah. That's
1: so key. I know we all have ideas of what it will take. Mm. You know, what I like. Places where I actually do flourish. Oh. And so often, um, that ain't our reality. And like on any given day, on every given day, there are things that fly our way that we would prefer not to fly our way. A phone call comes. Mm. An email comes in. A request comes in. Um I don't know a day that one doesn't. And then there's my own life of, of you mentioned, just looking in the mirror, you know, particularly for women. But for men, too, to have, to have that experience and not have it then laid in with judgment and what you're not and what you ought to be. But um, I talk in the book about the difference between circumstantial happiness and joy. Yeah. Because the circumstances— We'll take you for a roller coaster ride. You know, there's great—there's the birthday party day. There is the day when a friend actually calls you and they say something nice to you. And (laughs) and then there is the day when the friend calls you and they have an issue that they want to talk with you about, which, you know, we just say, oh, oh, good, an opportunity to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, God. Um, And those are the mild things. So there has to be a way, like you're saying, even in the mundane— when there aren't crises happening, but when there are crises happening, to be rooted into the heart of God in such a way that we're not thrown. And he, he actually promises that. I mean, we've got these, these commands, invitations, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And honestly, that requires a maturity and a steadfast choice hmm. to press in. And that's why there's the word defiance. And I think there's something really in us that is defiant. Absolutely. And I know that men are created as warriors, but women are warriors too. And we are fierce on behalf of others. And to learn that we need to be fierce on behalf of ourselves in order to be fierce on others' behalfs is an important lesson. So... I just love what you've said, like everything, finding him in the the folding of the laundry and in the chaos that surrounds your home. And that is not what nurtures you, but beauty does. So finding moments of beauty and having our eyes open to the gifts that God is giving, even when things, other things aren't going our way, so important. And then passing it on to your children, modeling for them.
0: How's that going? How do you feel about that? (laughs) Oh, man. I love what I do well is apologize. (laughs) So we have lots of of that, mommy modeling how to ask for forgiveness. Oh, that's good. um, When I blow it, and that happens daily. But what I've realized (laughs) is the more that I can give my heart over to God, I become more calm, and I'm able to respond to my children rather than react to them, which I do so often. And in that place of really being able to respond. He shows up. I'm able to care for my heart. I'm able to care for theirs. And I feel like he's taking me in a trajectory of where maybe the forgiveness, I'll have to ask for it less because I'm able to catch myself before I miss it. But just to know that love covers a multitude of sins, to know that he is with me Mm. as I parent these little ones, that it, it feels like it's all up to me, but it's not. He is parenting me as I parent them yeah they're learning a lot <laughs> and it's not all perfect but I'm prayerful that even in my misses um, they are seeing a mom who looks to their God who asks for forgiveness not only of them and their God but of myself mm-hmm. to just be kind mm. to myself in the ways that I'm not going to always get it right and that's okay Wait, it's okay to not always get it right? you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel true, but it is absolutely true that it is okay to not always get it right. And there is actually so much life to be lived in the not getting it right. I have tried to have the same attitude towards my own heart and my own young places in my heart as I have with my children. I mean, particularly my son right now about to turn four. It's like if he strays outside of the line when he colors, it's not perfect and oh. he freaks out and wants to destroy this thing and oh, honey, it's okay. It's okay that it's not perfect. Aren't we doing this to have fun? Mm. Um and it's okay because Mom, why didn't you go out of the lines? Well, I've been coloring <laughs> a lot longer than you have. You know, just this mistakes are okay. Yeah. Not getting it right is okay because it's our friend and it's our teacher. And and so the same lesson for me, it's, you know, it's bigger than not coloring within the lines. But, oh, my gosh, God's heart for me, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You'll get there. I love the mercy. Yeah.
1: There is mercy. So this, I mean, you're just talking and I can feel my heart like start burning in my chest. Mm. Like this this is truth. This is what roots us and grounds us in Christ. Because to know that he doesn't look at us with this cropping stick saying, get it right, get it better. But his invitation is a pursuit of our heart mm-hmm. and to know him that he just is smitten. Absolutely. Julie, you said um, in pursuit of your own holiness. Yeah. And so I love getting ideas from other people about how they do that. So do you have do you have daily things that you do
0: to, pers- to do that? <laughs> or do you want—do you, do you long for those? I long for those. And, you know, it's interesting because I feel like there is such a mercy for—I mean, bless the woman who gets up while it's still dark and everyone's asleep and has her quiet time. And that's not me. But I bless her, Who yes. is that is. Um, you know, brushing my teeth, just these prayers. Um, car time is oh. really precious. I mean, for me, worship, if everything's falling apart, it, but I can actually muster my heart to find a song that draws me back to the heart of God, it's an anchor. To then draw my heart back to gratitude, yes. which then ushers in the joy And so it's simple. There's no formula for me. But if I can just walk outside and look at something beautiful, and then my heart's found again, and I can find my way back to God. So there's nothing profound. It's just um, sometimes survival. But how can I find Him and find my way back to my heart so that I don't feel so frantic or alone? Or whatever is coming at me in the moment. That is so good to make choices in
1: the moment. Yeah. To f- flick your gaze His way mm-hmm. is so powerful. Something else that you said, I talk about in the book when you said um, a posture of gratitude. Yes. So then I can have joy. It's actually the key to having joy is is possessing a, a heart of gratitude. And that's something we can cultivate Absolutely, I think it's crazy the way God made us. In fact, um, that our brains are wired in such a way that without being in a posture of gratitude, we cannot experience joy. We can't feel it. And so, one of the things that I do is is the the simplest things of what am I grateful for to catch my own heart when mm-hmm. I'm in a place where I'm I am I'm struggling and um, things aren't going well, and yet I know that my birthright is joy, that we have a God who rejoices over us with singing every moment of our lives and before time began. Mm -hmm. So He is a joyous God who's not wringing His hands. He's not worried. So for me, a simple thing is just beginning to tick off things that I like Mm -hmm. or what I'm thankful for. And it can be a very small list or a long list. But once you prime that pump, it starts growing. Even for me, I love coffee, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Okay, maybe you're not a coffee drinker, but I got a coffee in front of me right now. (laughs) No, I'm well caffeinated. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coffee. Thank you for the smell of freshly mown grass. Thank you for the leaves that are turning their magnificent colors right now. And it begins this shift, this posture in my heart to to align with what is steady and what is true. Mm-hmm. Our circumstances change, but the character of God doesn't. Yeah. Thank you. So, Julie, what I would love before we close yeah, is um, to hear from you What you would love to say. There are are people listening right now that are frantic Mm -hmm. that um, aren't able to find him yet in the middle of the mundane or have just had something really tragic happen and they're reeling. Is there anything Mm -hmm. that you would like to say to them?
0: I mean, there is hope, which is probably the most important thing when you're in those places to know there's the hope of more. And that more is available, more is possible. One of the things you talked about in the book that so resonated with me and just this season is you talked about things that are hard, that joy is going to be opposed. And, you know, it is hard to have a difficult conversation with yes. a friend, but it's harder actually to allow resentment to grow and bring separation. And so I felt like there was such a powerful picture for me and that and like if if i know life is going to be hard if hardships are guaranteed to come my way for me and for all of us which heart am i going to choose mm. and am i am i going to choose the heart that draws me towards joy and towards christ and towards his heart or am i going to choose the heart that actually um, promotes shame and self-doubt and separation from god and so i i guess i would love for everyone to realize that there is, if we're gonna have hard, like to, to see the difference in the what we choose what we choose, that there is a glory, there's a hard that leads us to glory, and there is a hard that leads us to despair. And so, like for the moms out there who feel buried under the laundry and feel unseen and unloved, that is a hard place. To be in. Yes. It is absolutely difficult, but it will only become more difficult if you don't choose the hard to muster the strength, the desire on behalf of yourself and others to live with defiant joy. It's it's the way through. I really feel like it's the way back to his heart, back to what's most true, back to the Father, and, and back ultimately to our own belovedness which I think is the cause for the most joy. And so I guess my heart for myself and for those listening is that there is more, there is hope, and you have to fight for it. You need to rally that warrior spirit inside and and, and fight for the more that you want for yourself and for those you love. That's so good. And I want to just add a little
1: something to that for those that are feeling so weary Mm. and are fighting on so many fronts, um, whose gut reaction is, oh, great, I have to fight for more. Mm. Um, My heart just can hurt on behalf of of that. So what I would encourage you to pray is, Jesus, come be my strength.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: A simple prayer, the simplest prayer, and I think one of the most powerful is help. Yeah. Help me, Jesus. Um, he does he does help and and perhaps not in that precise moment, but he is forging something deep and golden within us as we, by faith, just continue to cry out, "Help, because he does come. He is a faithful God. And when we turn our gaze from circumstances that are dire or heartbreaking, or just mundane and tiring, to his face, to ask him to reveal the truth to us of, who are we to you, God? Remind me once again that you invaded all of the earth to come and rescue me. Because why? Because mm-hmm. you love me. Mm. The truth is I am loved at every moment of my life, regardless if if I am soaring and think that I'm doing it so well. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Or I am failing miserably. It has not changed my place in his heart. And then we can know a defiant joy. Thank you, Julie, so much. Thank you.
0: being with me you are a joy you're one of mine (laughs) I'm so glad and this is such a gift to you know take a break from momming and come down and get to have a complete conversation yes it's fabulous (laughs) yeah and validate that you have so
1: much to offer thank you so thanks for listening today and I hope that you are provoked enticed allured to defiant joy and to diving in and pressing in and discovering the more that God has for you Thank you for joining us again. This is Stacey Eldridge. Thank you, Alan, for being here. And he's making lovely hand signals and smiles, which is so great. And Julie again. So join us next week. Ransom Heart Podcast. Have a great day.